Welcome, friends. Welcome back to another edition of Propaganda Watch. I'm your host, as always, James Corbett of CorbettReport.com. And this week on the program, we're going to start with a very simple observation that you have no doubt heard before. Namely, that simple, plain, self-evident truth does not need to be propagandized into the public consciousness. You can bet your bottom dollar that if billions of dollars and years or even decades of painstaking effort have been placed into indoctrinating into the public into believing something, that thing is not true. So puzzle me this. Why then has there been such a concerted, years-long effort involving time and energy and resources to try to get the public to believe that the holy sacrament of voting is the most pure and virtuous thing that any of us can do in these liberal Western democracies. I want to close out the panel by saying one word to my American viewers, vote. So if I hear anybody saying their vote does not matter, then it doesn't matter who we elect. Read up on your history, it matters. We've got to get people to vote. I would say, you know, if you want to fix our foreign policy, fix our domestic policy, get organized, get active in our politics, support right-thinking candidates, and for goodness sakes, come out and vote. Puff Daddy? Your friend Kyle told me you don't understand the importance of voting. I... Apparently you haven't heard of my vote or die campaign. Vote or die? What the hell does that even mean? What do you think it means, bitch? When you don't vote, what you're really doing is letting somebody else take power over your own life. On Tuesday, November 8th, this country will make one of the most important. The most important. The most important decisions in its history. It's up to you to make your choices and shape our future. If we sit on the sidelines, then others will make it work for them instead of us. So let's make our voices heard. So what would it take for you to vote? Oh yes, folks. Are you ready? Because it's another round of Selection Circus in the United States, so you can bet all U.S.-centered media is going to be focused on... Say it with me. The most important selection of our lives. Yet again. So we're going to be inundated with another round of of propaganda designed to make us believe that voting is the most important and sacred and religious duty that you can have in this great democracy that we live in, blah, blah, blah. And even as a Canadian, I was, ex <laughs> I was exposed to so much secondhand American propaganda along those lines as a child that I can still vividly recall an episode of Family Ties where they were talking about how incredibly important it was. This is the most important thing you can do is to go and vote. Alex P. Keaton or whatever. <laughs> I still remember that sort of secondhand propaganda I was exposed to as a child. Um, and it's, of course, very effective. And uh, it does affect the population to the extent that, yes, after decades of such indoctrination and after who knows how many, how much resources have been spent in devo uh, devoted on both sides of the phony left-right paradigm into urging people to go out there and rock the vote or whatever the uh, the phrase of the moment is. <laughs> I mean, we've seen it. I'm sure we've all seen it. And it is, again, a self-evident truth that if they are trying so hard to make you believe something, that is because that thing is not true. <laughs> and there are many different ways that we could approach 
this and point out the lie, fun the fundamental lie that your vote is is the most important thing you can do. Your superpower is voting. Talk about the worst superpower ever. Um, there are, as I say, many different ways that we can debunk and deconstruct this notion, uh, starting from the very utilitarian approach and noting that, of course, in the age of paperless electronic voting, your vote is not worth the paper it is not printed on. Mr. Curtis, would you please state your full name for the record? My uh, name is Clinton Eugene Curtis. And where do you reside? Tallahassee, Florida. And what is your profession? I'm a computer programmer. Would you please speak into the microphone so the audience can hear your testimony? I'm a computer programmer. Mr. Curtis, are there programs that can be used to secretly fix elections? Yes. How do you know that to be the case? Because in October of 2000, I wrote a prototype for President Congressman Tom Feeney at the company I work for in Oviedo, Florida that did just that. And we say did, did just that. It would rig an election? It would flip the vote 51-49 if whoever you wanted it to go to and whichever race you wanted to win. And would that program that you designed be something that elections officials that might be on county boards of elections could detect? They'd never see it. Mr. Would you answer that question once again? They would never see it. So how would such a, such a program, a secret program that uh, fixes the election, how could it be detected? You would have to view it either in the source code or you'd have to have a receipt and then count the hard paper against the actual vote total. Other than that, you won't see it. So there is yeah. one industry that has not ever done a bug bounty or a hackathon. It's the voting machine industry. Oh, really? Not fans. Ooh. Not really fans of no. people showing... <laughs> How insecure they are. Mm -hmm. uh, nevertheless, DEFCON this year I think had they're a, still running like Excel 98 or something. <laughs> I know. <laughs> DEFCON going on this weekend in uh, Las Vegas had, uh, for the second year running, a voting village. Organizers set up decommissioned election equipment, invited huh. the hackers to find, <laughs> according to BuzzFeed, creative and alarming ways to break in. <laughs> Last year, conference attendees found new vulnerabilities in all five voting machines. This year, in a room set aside for kid hackers, <laughs> an 11-year-old girl hacked a replica of the Florida Secretary of State's website within 10 minutes and changed the voting results. Wow. <laughs> For those of you just joining us, let's get you up to speed on what is shaping up to be the political upset of the century. Though we are still waiting on a few districts in Ohio to report, currently Sequoia Voting Systems Machine Number DRE 700, serial number 34491, leads both Barack Obama and John McCain with 259 electoral votes. At this point, it looks like a voting machine is on track to become the next President of the United States. Joining us now in the War for the White House analysis, Bunker is Onion News Network reporter Jane Carmichael and senior election analyst Arnold Renfro. Jane, how did the DRE 700 pull off this upset? Andrea, the DRE 700 is running extremely strong in districts that use electronic voting machines, where it has captured an incredible 100% of the vote. Really? In rural districts, ones that use paper ballots or lever machines, the DRE 700 is getting no votes at all. Arnold, why do you think that is? Well, Andrea, you know, I think the people who have used electronic voting machines before 
are just more comfortable with the idea of having one as their president. If you've never used a voting machine, you might be hesitant to vote for one. Exactly, you know, but in broader terms, the DRE 700 is a candidate that stands in stark contrast to politics as usual. True. Doesn't have any Washington experience. And from what we understand, it spent the first part of its life in a storage warehouse. Wow. And I think this shows the American people are really ready for a change. Or we could note, as even the mainstream media has been compelled to admit in the last few years, there is a deep state that operates beyond the purview of your elected officials and really decides the course of the country. Although, of course, in the mainstream formulation, it's mostly a limited hangout to do with the left-right phony political divide, but at least it is starting to be admitted. This is a difficult subject to talk about. It would be easier if uh, it were a conspiracy you're describing, but that's not the case, is it? No, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. Uh, this is not some cabal that was hatched in the dark of night. Uh, this is something that hides in plain sight. Uh, it's something we know about, but we can't connect the dots, or most people don't connect the dots. It's kind of a natural evolution when so much money and political control is at stake in the most powerful country in the world. This has evolved over time. And you call it the real power in the country. Correct. It is a hybrid of corporate America and the national security state. Everyone knows what uh, the military-industrial complex is since Eisenhower talked about it in his farewell address. We must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. The deeper truth, of course, the truth that will not ever be broached by the mainstream media pundits, is that the entire idea that you are changing the system with your vote is a carefully crafted and packaged lie that has been sold to you in the exact same way that they sell a tube of toothpaste or the latest electronic gadget, a point well made by John Whitehead of the Rutherford Institute. No matter who wins the presidential election, it's a sure bet that the losers will be the American people. Why? Because politics is entertainment. It's a heavily scripted, tightly choreographed, star-studded, ratings-driven, mass-marketed, costly exercise into how to sell a product. In this case, a presidential candidate, designed to dazzle voters who will choose image over substance almost every time. Wake up, people. We're being sold a carefully crafted product by a moneyed elite who are masters in the art of making the public believe that they need exactly what is being sold to them. Whether it's the latest high-tech gadget, the hottest toy, or the most charismatic politician. Politics is a reality show, America's favorite form of entertainment, dominated by money, profit, imagery, and spin, hype, and personality, and guaranteed to ensure that nothing in the way of real truth ever reaches the American citizenry. The sham is that most Americans actually believe that they're the ones choosing the next president. In truth, however, they're engaging in the illusion of participation, culminating in the reassurance ritual of voting. It's just another blue pill, a manufactured reality, conjured up by the matrix in order to keep the populace compliant and convinced that their vote counts and that they still have some influence over the political process. Time for a reality check. 
The nation is drowning in debt, crippled by a slowing economy, overrun by a militarized police, swarming with surveillance everywhere, besieged by endless wars everywhere, and a military-industrial complex intent on starting new wars, and riddled with corrupt politicians at every level of government. All the while, we're arguing over which corporate puppet will be given the honor of stealing our money, invading our privacy, abusing our trust, undermining our freedoms, and shackling us with debt and misery for years to come. You can rest assured that nothing taking place on election day will alleviate the suffering of the American people. The shadow government and its corporate partners are the ones that really run the show. They pull the strings and dictate the policies. They're not going to allow anyone to take office who will unravel their power structures. So what's the solution to this blatant display of imperial elitism disguising itself as a populist exercise in representative government? Stop playing the game. Stop supporting the system. Stop defending the insanity. Just stop. Washington thrives on your money. Stop giving them your money. Stop throwing your hard-earned dollars away on politicians and super PACs who view you as nothing more than a means to an end. There are countless worthy grassroots organizations and nonprofits working in your local community to address real needs like injustice, poverty, homelessness, and so on. Support them, and you'll see a change you can really believe in in your own backyard. Politicians depend on votes. Stop giving them your vote unless they have a proven track record of listening to their constituents, abiding by their wishes, and working hard to earn and keep your trust. No, your vote doesn't count. It isn't even counted. And even if it were, of course, your pulling a lever for Candidate Crest or Candidate Colgate does nothing to change the underlying structure of the state, the deep state, that does not change from administration to administration and has nothing to do with fighting against this Democrat or this Republican, but is everything to do with the bankster-controlled system that controls the reality we are living in, top to bottom, right down to the level of the money itself and where it comes from. No, none of this is affected in the least by elections. As the old adage has it, if voting made any difference, they would make it illegal. But I would like to suggest today that there's an even deeper and more fundamental reason for rejecting this paradigm that going and voting for candidate A or candidate B is something that is inherently worthy or even noble. It's a, it's a sacred duty that we must all engage in. No, there's a more fundamental reason for rejecting it, not the utilitarian reasons that if only the system worked better, if only we could just get get it get the uh, kinks ironed out and we could make it so that your vote was counted and your vote could change the direction that the the ship of state is being steered in. Then, if we could just be efficiency managers for the state and make everything work better, then voting would be worth it. No, because fundamentally, at base, voting for a candidate, even if he did have the power to go in and change the system and do this and do that and govern the country, that in and of itself is immoral. I remember years ago, before I got into to the ideas of anarchism, I, I consciously realized that when you vote or when you support a candidate for doing X, Y, or Z, uh, you 
you are not just supporting that candidate in that time with that power. You are thereby really granting the idea that your worst enemy who will be voted in, you know, four years from now or eight years from now or whenever, that that horrible person that you can't stand will then have the legitimate right to use that same power that you your puppet, your preferred puppet has. I, I had that notion years and years ago, but it only strikes me now that that is the exact principle that your vote by voting for either one of these candidates under whatever circumstances is granting them the power, the ultimate power, the power of authority. And this is something that you, of course, define very clearly in in The Most Dangerous Superstition. But for people who don't quite get what authority really means, how do you define it and what is it that you are granting someone by the, the act of voting for them? In short, authority is the right to rule, um, and there is no such thing, which is why I do the annoying thing all throughout my book of putting it in quotes. It's an imaginary thing. Uh, if I don't have the right to rule you, no amount of rituals or elections or no matter how many people want it can give me the right to rule you. They don't have the right to rule you. They couldn't have given it to me. That's true of every politician, every ruling class ever. But yeah, the 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 main underlying problem is legitimizing the system. When people go in and vote, they're basically saying, I agree that whoever gets more buttons pushed next to their name has basically the divine right of politicians. They have the right to rule. When they dominate us and call it law and taxation, it's bad for us to disobey. And it's good for them to forcibly hurt anybody who tries. And so to me, like statistically, your vote is meaningless, but the reason it's beyond um, doing nothing, because people say, well, if you want to just do nothing. No, A, I don't want to do nothing. And B, voting is way worse than doing nothing. Because voting says, I'm going to partake in this ritual. I'm going to play this game. And I understand and accept and project to the world that whoever wins this game has the right, the moral right to violently dominate me and 300 million other people I don't even know. And to legitimize, to play along. It's like the the two psychos at your front door. You want to be punched in the face or kicked in the crotch. If you vote, you're saying, yep, I accept that as legitimate. That's okay. I'll go along with that. And, And you really are, in a sense, consenting to it. And so to vote is to consent to be somebody else's slave. Because if somebody else has the right to rule you and you have an obligation to obey and pay tribute to them by way of taxes, they basically own you. And to, and to argue over, well, I want a nicer owner, like that whole spectrum of possibilities is all pathetic and it's still slavery. If your goal is to have a nicer slave master owning you, you will never be free because you're not free inside your own head. You're not even trying for freedom. You're trying for a more pleasant version of slavery. And that's all democracy is. And it projects to the world that you think this is okay. And I'm never going to, again, project to the world that I think it's okay to appoint a violent parasite class to rob and control hundreds of millions of people I don't know. I wouldn't do it over myself, and I have no right to do it over anybody else. And so, yeah, the legit, the apparent legitimacy, there's never legitimacy to government. It's all a game. It's all an illusion. But the apparent legitimacy comes from voting. And that's why I say it's the best trick the tyrants have ever come up with. That, of course, is the great Larkin Rose, author of, amongst other works, The Most Dangerous Superstition. 
a very important book that I would highly recommend people who are at least interested in this topic check out. Whether you agree or disagree with what you have just heard, I suggest that it would be important for you to at least listen to this argument. And I know that this argument does fall largely on deaf ears precisely because the public has been propagandized right from birth, all the way through, through all manner of conditioning, to believe that voting is a great, this is a great system, this is a great way to run society and govern the masses, as if that is what we should be striving for. I realize this message will be lost on people who have been completely subsumed by that indoctrination, but I invite them at the very least, those who are skeptical of this argument about the immorality of voting, I would invite them to at least observe the propaganda, and there is no better time than in the coming several months as we enter the next selection circus to observe the amount of propaganda and conditioning that you will be subjected to over the next several months to try to get you to believe that voting is the most important thing that you can do and is your contribution to the world and is the way that you will change the system. <laughs> it will be voting that will provide you with that. So let's just put this forward uh, for people who agree or disagree. I would just invite you to examine the propaganda and conditioning that you are about to be subjected to and and reflect on it critically. Why is so much time, energy, resources, and effort being spent to try to condition me into believing that this is going to change, despite the fact that every single experience I've had in my entire life has shown me that this is not the case? I invite you to uh, to conduct that thought experiment over the next several months. That's going to be our little propaganda uh, experiment for the day and our thought for the day. Uh, I'm looking forward to talking to you again in the near future.